Welcome to the Tilted Halo. This is a new podcast and it's for anybody who's a woman in ministry. You might be a pastor like myself, a bishop, a priest, a rabbi, music minister, elder, children's minister, whatever your title is, you're absolutely in the right place. Especially if you're someone who loves your ministry and you're doing it well and you're feeling pressure to sometimes be perfect and deep down inside, you know you're not. And how in the world to deal with that? And men, you're absolutely welcome here too because this is about ministry and the same thing can happen to you. So you're all in the right place. Let's get started with the show. Ministry is such a magnificent profession. You're with people, lovely people, sometimes those slightly crazy people, <laughs> it seems at times, um, sometimes challenging people. But you're with people many times throughout the whole day or off and on throughout the day. And you've got a whole congregation full of people to talk to anytime you can get to them and things like that. And yet... And yet ministry can be one of the loneliest professions. One of the loneliest. Maybe not the only one, but certainly one of the loneliest professions out there. And the reason is there's so much that you cannot share. Somebody comes to you with a problem. Pastor, there's problems in my family. There's problems in my marriage. Pastor, there's this issue that I'm struggling with. You're the one to talk with them. Fantastic. That's beautiful. That's a wonderful thing to be able to do. And then, who do you get to share that with? No one can't take it home to your family, that's not appropriate. Can't share it with your spouse, certainly not with your kids. You can't share it with the neighbors, no. And if somebody tells you something in confidence, in a counseling type situation, you are bound, bound not to share that. And actually, in many cases, legally, you cannot share that without the person's permission. Now, sometimes you can ask the person, you know, this is something really important. I think we need to include, and then whoever the appropriate person is, to talk about this. Or can I please share this with a colleague a specific colleague, so that we can work on this together to help you with that together. That's appropriate as long as you get the person's permission. But otherwise, we are bound ethically, morally, and sometimes even legally not to share much of anything that people share with us. Sometimes that gets to be quite a weight to carry around. And like I said, he can't share it with other people. 
we cannot go um, and give it to anyone else. And so it's like between us and God and between us and that individual, great to know that you can share it with God. That's always appropriate. But, you know, think about that. How do you get yourself fed? How do you deal with that loneliness? How do you, and the other side of that, I'm going to back up here for a second. The other side of that is you're always the pastor. You're always the pastor. I've talked about this a little bit before. You're always the pastor with the people in your congregation. You're always the pastors, and many times, if you're in a small town, you get known as the pastor. And so you become pastor basically to everybody in town. And if you're the only congregation in town, you're definitely pastor to everybody in town. And that's true for a lot of people in small congregations and in small towns, or maybe one of only a couple of pastors. You become the pastor always for everything and everywhere. And then it becomes even more appropriate that you not share anything about other people with the people around you. Because sure enough, if you let something slip, it's going to get around and it's going to get back to, uh, probably back to the person who came and talked with you in the first place, then it's a breach of trust. That's a hard thing to repair. Uh, once trust is lost, uh, you know, if you're lucky, it may only be lost with one person, but it can end up being lost with a lot more than just one. It can end up being lost with a whole congregation. That's not a good place to be in. So, Ministry can be an exceedingly lonely profession. And sometimes you might be in, like I said, in a small town. And there are situations in this country, there's still a lot of rural parts to the United States and Canada, for any of you who are listening in Canada as well. There, there are many parts that are rural, small town communities where there's still very vital congregations. And it, that becomes an even lonelier situation because you can't just melt away into the population of a large community. You might have to drive 50 miles or more to a communication of any a community of any size where you can be just a plain person and maybe have some friends who are not your parishioners, where you are not the pastor. But if they are not other clergy, you could still end up being pastor to them. Uh, they may rely on you more than they do on their own pastor if they're part of a congregation. And then you have to decide, is that okay? Can you still be fully you? Have a friend. Go someplace and do something where 
you're not there as a pastoral care person, where you're not there as someone who's going to be the resident theologian, where you're not going to be the pastor all the time. We desperately need to have a place, the people, the situations where we're not alone. It's not fair to ask our families to supply all that either. They have needs for us to be wife, spouse, parent, whatever it is. They can't supply the friendship piece. They can't be the ones we share those confidences with. That's not appropriate to have that expectation with them. And so there's got to be other people, other places we go, other support that we get. And sometimes that's darn hard to find. I understand that because I've lived through that, especially in a small town, which is what my first parish experience was. But even the last congregation I served, it's in a, uh, I'd call it semi-rural situation where the congregation's about 15 miles outside of a um, a reasonable-sized community. And anybody and everybody around where I was living, they got to end up knowing me and my husband as pastor. People, you know, naturally, when we're meeting new neighbors or something like that, uh, say, oh, hi there, I'm so-and-so. And you introduce yourself, oh, what do you do? Well, I'm the pastor of XYZ congregation. And suddenly you got that label, pastor. It can be a barrier with other people. It can keep them, they, they might keep you at arm's distance, but it can also be a way they may also turn to you and kind of expect you to be their pastor too. It's certainly not easy to be the friend to someone else. And you know that that's that's tough in so many respects. And yet it's a privilege that we have that we have that title. It's a privilege that we have to be able to hear those stories and the aches and the pains, uh, the heartaches, the difficulties that other people go through. It, that is a real privilege. It's a rare privilege that we have. And we need to guard that as sacrosanct, to be very careful with that gift, as careful as we would be with a newborn baby because that can be a new birth for them. Whatever that difficulty is, whatever that issue is, it can still be a rebirth for that person. But as much as it is for them, I keep coming back to this. 
You know, where do you get fed? How do you deal with that load of, uh, of different complaints and issues that come up? One of the things that's worked for me, and I have shared that too, is being part of a group of other clergy. Um, might be just a group for other women in ministry. Sometimes that's it. Many times it's been a group of men and women. And either way, that can be a place, as long as there are the the ground rules around such a group, that what's shared there stays there. And that has to be very much adhered to uh, by such a group. That that can be a place where you share not necessarily the particulars of anybody's name, but a situation that you're going through, something that you're dealing with in the congregation, and get some feedback and input, get a way to say, this is a load I'm carrying and somebody I really care about. Can you help me see some perspective? Can you just pray for me? Can you... um, you know, support me. And then hopefully you have some specific concrete ways you're needing some support. Um, You know, help in understanding how to minister more effectively to that person, that couple, that situation. So I don't think anybody ever told me when I was going into ministry that there could be such loneliness in that. Because I I saw the beauty of being with people, being able to be there and be part of all of those wonderful events in people's lives. And it's true. You can be. You can be a part of all those wonderful events. And even being with people through the time of the death of a loved one, It's tough, but it can also still be a very wonderful time to be with someone, to be there, to be supportive, to be caring. I think about that and I start thinking about some of the situations and the families and the the people I've been with um, through births, through uh, weddings, through funerals, all of those kinds of things. They bring back great memories, sometimes profound memories. But, you know, that's not the kind of thing that I can go around talking about a lot. Uh, Sometimes can talk about general situations, you know, situations where, um, you know, not specifics, certainly where any name is mentioned or anything like that, but situations where people are grieving and it becomes a problem, situations of uh, the loss of um, a younger person, um, the death of a child. All of those can be very powerful situations to talk about and relate to and to be with people. And that's beautiful. Rejoice in those things. Celebrate those things. And yes, in general, you can share those things. 
but the specifics about many, many types of things? No. No, we cannot go on and share those. Those are some very specific ethical boundaries that we have that must be maintained, must be adhered to. And like I said, if we violate that, we're violating trust, and it's going to be very hard, if not impossible, to get that back. So be aware of your own level of loneliness. When people are lonely in a position of leadership, and this happens with people who are CEOs and other people as well, but when we're loneliness, loneliest in our positions of leadership, that's when we are the most vulnerable. Uh, vulnerable to do things that we wouldn't otherwise do, vulnerable to influences that we would never think of before. So be aware of that. Um, and be aware of how you deal with loneliness. Think about that. When you're lonely, what do you do? What have you done in the past? What's worked? What hasn't worked? Where do you go to find someone who can be a friend? Uh, can you be with a spouse, a neighbor, your kids? Does that help stem the loneliness that's there? And if not, what can you do? Who can you go to? Where can you go to find that? Um, you know, for many people, it might be going to a health club, working out. Exercise is great for helping with loneliness. Um, might be having a pet. Uh, you know, a dog will listen to just about anything we tell it and not say another word to anybody about it. So that's, you know, we can always share that with a, a dog. And they give us pretty much our undivided attention, unless somebody come, else comes by with some food or something like that. But um, a dog, uh, a pet, can be a great um, way to help deal with loneliness. It may not cure it, but it can be a great way, a help in dealing with the loneliness. So think about what do you need when you are lonely? What's worked? What hasn't worked? And make sure that when you start feeling a drift towards loneliness, that you do something to take care of yourself and to take care of that feeling so that you don't violate the boundaries and so that you don't do something that you would regret. Don't want that for you. Don't want that for any of us. Loneliness is not a great place to be in. Leads to depression, can lead to physical disabilities, physical ailments. It can lead to all kinds of problems. Um, so, like I said, be aware of that. And then take a positive step to deal with that loneliness. You're worth it. Your ministry is worth it. I read something, heard something recently that we all have opinions, but the most important opinion is the one you have of yourself. Do you have an opinion of yourself that you're worth having a friend, 
that you're worth taking care of your loneliness. Is that part of your opinion of yourself? I sure hope so. I believe you're worth it. God believes you're worth it. The people of your ministry believe you're worth it. So accept that acknowledgement and come back next week because I will have more to share with you. So until then, God's peace and blessings. You have been listening to Tilted Halo with me, Kathleen Panning. What did you think about this episode? I'd really like to hear from you. Leave me some comments. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share this episode. And catch another upcoming episode for more conversation on ministry, life, mindset, and a whole lot more. Go to www.tiltedhalohelp.com where I've got a resource guide and other resources waiting for you. And be sure to say hi to me, Kathleen Panning, on LinkedIn. See you on the next episode.